As a young teen, Mary became a follower of Jesus after reading Focus on the Family's Brio magazine. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't have that. I'd really like to know what that's about. And so it was, it was an inward decision right there that I made in my room after reading you know, this article in the Brio magazine that I want to have that kind of walk with God that this girl is talking about. For 30 years, we've helped Mary grow in her faith. We've strengthened her marriage, and now we're equipping her to be a good mom to her own kids. Like, really Focus on the Family has been, and all the, the different resources and individuals, the voices of Focus on the Family, it's really been a mentor to me, to my family, um, and just it's cool to see the legacy. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Mary's every month. Please call 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. A lot of us have secrets, and it may be that you have a secret that Uh, You haven't yet shared with your spouse, but like medicine to an ailing body, that level of honesty and uh, truthfully light can bring healing to your past hurts. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They head up the marriage department here at Focus on the Family. Greg, uh, being vulnerable is really risky, but it's really good for a marriage. Why is that? Yeah, just the other day, I, I I was in a funk. I was feeling depressed. There had been some things that had been going on within our family, extended family, that just left me, at a, honestly, at a bad place. I, I could feel the depression. And mm. typically what I would do is just kind of ignore it or just go into my cave at home, disconnect. And, and yet I, I thought about it and went, no, I'm going to call Aaron. So I called Aaron and I just said, you know what, hon, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling dark yeah. and, and just depressed. And I could really use just a time, just me and you alone. Could we maybe go grab some coffee? And, and it, it so happened that her schedule was free. And she's like, uh, yeah, let's go right now. And it was so good just to be sitting there, just sharing what was going on with her. And, and the, so one, it, it created this great connection it helped me process through some of how I was feeling and in Aaron so wise that I mean I, I I really gained some understanding that was helpful. And so I think at the end of the day that I get that that vulnerability like that is risky because one, we never know how our spouse is going to respond. Mm-hmm. So when I share these harder things, will they accept me or will I be judged? Whatever it is. So I, I get that, but boy, just even the other day experiencing that I am so glad that I reached out in a way that I typically wouldn't. Hmm. Well, I think you're going to find encouragement in this episode from Al and Lisa Robertson to do what Greg has been describing, uh, to begin a conversation with your spouse. Um, uh, Jim Daly and I spoke with Al and Lisa about five ways of forgiveness, and we covered uh, the first two in the last episode. Uh, first being the forgiveness you receive from God, and then the second is receiving the forgiveness from the person you've offended. Here now, Al and Lisa offer more insights about forgiveness and how their relationship recovered from an affair. You know, we do marriage counseling through Hope Restored, a, a great program here at Focus. 
But the intimacy level, and I'm talking about emotional intimacy, physical intimacy is kind of the byproduct of that, but spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy is far deeper in these couples that go through great trauma, like affairs and things. When they can come back together and it's healthy, there's something unique. Have you experienced that? The closeness that you have for each other? No doubt. I'm I'm telling you. It's like you're fully known and you're still loved. That's right. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, I never thought anywhere along my journey of life that I could be as peaceful, as forgiven, as just calm. My life is just, it's calm. Mm -hmm. There's no chaos. And I believe that's because Alan knows everything about me. I have no secrets. I do not have passcodes that he does not know. He knows everything about me. And I believe that's very important. Because the way I react to things, if he doesn't know what's happened to me in my past life, you know, he's not going to understand why I do the things that I do. But as now, he knows exactly why I react to things because I'm an open book with him and he with me. I know things about him that no one else knows. And to me, that's where that intimacy comes from, that emotional intimacy. And that is knowing another person like no one else does. And I believe that can be attained in any relationship as yeah. long as you're open and, and honest and with And, you know, another. as an encouragement to the listeners, I would say this, because some of the people may be just a year or two removed, and it still seems so raw and hurtful, and, and I get that. It took Lisa and I several years to live this. But somewhere along the way, we both looked at each, at each other and said, we wouldn't change anything that's happened. Mm. even all the bad stuff, everything. Because it was so much better. Because it's so much better. And so, you know, for some couple out there that's just hanging on saying, you know, man, I'm not sure. I'm telling you, it can be so great that you would actually look back and say, we would do it all again Mm. to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, let me finish the other three because I have a couple more questions before we end today. (laughs) But we will post these. Forgiveness from God, you mentioned. Forgiveness from the one who was offended. Uh, Forgiveness from the family of God, meaning Mm. your church. and. I mean, there's a lot to that. Uh, next, forgiveness extended to the one who offended her, your abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, let, we got to pause there for a moment. We can't blow by that one. How can you honestly do that? Well, I really think that mine began, the forgiveness began whenever I realized how sinful I was. Whenever Al and I were talking that night, 15 years into our marriage, and and I told him all the things that I had been doing and things that had gone on in my life. Whenever I looked at that person, I didn't recognize them. I did not know who they were. And, you know, I was just sitting there thinking, that was me? I've done all that? Yeah. And so I think that that is when God started working in my life on that forgiveness because he said, you know what? You're not a poster child here. You've got some sin in your life, too. And I think whenever you try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and you say, okay, now I know why somebody did what they did. Whenever you try to understand their past, you know, the things that happened to them, then I think you can then say, I can forgive them. Lisa, I I need to ask this because I'm sure some women, particularly when it comes to that kind of abuse, it's easy to begin to justify all of your ills, your own bad decision making because of that person that did this to me. It's still their fault. Mm -hmm. The fact that I make bad choices at 25, 35, 
how do you restrain yourself and look inward rather than continue to point the finger? Well, I think you got to realize there are reasons why we do the things that we do, but we cannot use those reasons as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Whenever we become a Christian, it's our responsibility then to live like Christ. We cannot go back then on what's happened in the past and say, well, you know what? I have an excuse. I can, I can live this way because of what happened to me. But no, you're a new creation in Christ, and all of that's gone. The past is gone. We can't change it, but we can move forward from it. And what you're kind of describing there as we wrap up today is generational sin. It sounds like a biblical term. It's something that happened way back then, but it still happens today. These are sins that are passed on. Oftentimes, physical abuse, sexual abuse fall into that category. Someone who has been abused usually is an abuser. That's that would right. be an example of generational sin. Yes. Is that what you're kind That's of aiming exactly at? exactly right, yes. My mother, um, whenever I told her about the abuse, told me that she had been abused. Mm. And I have heard from some people in her family that they had been too. I know that the person who abused me was abused. And so at that point, whenever I get into that person's shoes, whenever I put myself in their life, then I can say I understand. Not that, I'm not giving them an excuse for it, but we have to understand why people do what they do. And I think understanding their past um, helps us to do that. Yeah. And generational curses, it is something that if you do not put your foot down and say, this will not continue past me, yeah. it will not go into my children or my grandchildren. If you do not do that, then we continue to live out that curse in each generation. And it's a whole variety of things. It's attitudes and perceptions and the way you teach your kids and your parenting that bring about these kinds of things. I mean, it's not just something. That's another reason why she's my hero, because now my daughters and my grandkids are not living under that curse. Right. Because their ma'am or their mom made a decision. It's going to end with me. Right. And it has. Greg and Aaron, you have counseled so many couples over the years. It's really tempting, I'm sure, for a lot of uh, couples to quit when there's been a a violation of trust. Uh, Why do you encourage them, though, to fight for the relationship, even if there's been a betrayal? It's an opportunity, really, and I don't know that most people look at it like that. I mean, it's deeply, deeply hurtful and painful. If you, I can't even begin to imagine what those that have been through infidelity have been through. I mean, it's painful. But there's an opportunity there of really turning towards each other and saying, you know what, we want to make this work somehow, some way, and it's possible. That's the great news. It is so possible. And the research shows that couples, when they step in and they truly battle with each other for their marriage, that they can reach deeper levels of connection and satisfaction that couples who haven't been through infidelity will never reach. Hmm. It's an opportunity, again, to connect, to fight for this marriage, to see that, okay, this marriage wasn't working the way it was. Whatever was going on didn't work, so let's build something even better. God promises us through pain, we have blessing. And so the overflow is there's blessing on the other side of fighting for this sacred thing called marriage. And, I mean, really in that, you have the opportunity to create something that works for both of you and create something new removing the dysfunction 
the patterns that weren't working. And that's what Al and Lisa talked about was kind of getting rid of the generational curse and, and, and starting something fresh and new and vibrant. Yes. I've spent some time with them. They are a, a delightful couple, and they're they're very real. They're not perfect, and they know they're not perfect, and they don't exude that they're perfect. Uh, that makes them all the more winsome, I think, and all the stronger as a couple. And I love that. And you think about their fight, their battle for their marriage. Look at all those people who are watching them, They're from their children to friends to family. Look what people are, are learning about the value of, listen, I know things are, are not well and we've been really hurt, but let's figure this out. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the ends of the earth and, and get the help that we need. It's out there. There's so much good help out there that, that for them to do that, to take those steps, look what they've now created. In the impact of all those eyes that are watching them, you know, just think about their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, our kids are watching us constantly, are seeing how we treat each other. Our marriage is their blueprint for their future relationships. That's for a scary their marriage. thought. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it on one hand, because we're human. Yeah, certainly that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, I've that, messed up. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they'll do the opposite yeah. of, of those things. But honestly... The, the, the value is for them going, yes, I see mom and dad make mistakes and they hurt each other, but they're still together. They're, they're committed. They're fighting yeah. for their marriage. Just the other day, we're very intentional about how we say goodbye to each other in the morning, especially if we're going to separate places. Just the other day, Greg walked out and I didn't get to give him a kiss goodbye. Annie immediately noticed because our 12-year-old daughter, I went to give her a hug and a kiss. And she goes, um, you didn't give dad a hug and a kiss. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? In some ways I was like, oh, shoot, I blew it. But then I realized, you know what? She's used to that. Yeah. That's what she has learned is normal behavior for our house and for our marriage. And we've taught her that. So, the, you know, the couple benefits as they fight for their marriage and they face whatever the issues are. But, boy, everybody else who is watching, is learning something very, very good. They're benefiting as well. And we strongly believe in the permanence of marriage, and we want to encourage you, if you're in trouble as a couple, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, We'd love to uh, have you connect with a counselor. And certainly uh, so many couples have found healing and uh, strength through our Hope Restored program. 80% of the couples who go through that marriage intensive are still together two years later. They're doing well, and we want you to have a light uh, in your marriage, some hope if you're really in a tough spot. Uh, If you want to learn more about Alan Lisa's inspiring journey, they've written about it in the book Desperate Forgiveness. Uh, That's available to you for a gift of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. Uh, When you make that contribution today, uh, just let us know you'd like that book. Details for Hope Restored, our counselors, and that book and donation opportunities are in the show notes. Next time, Dr. Cliff and Joyce Penner offer hope to those who have experienced sexual abuse. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.